What's the half sound that hops? Got yeast and speech. This the molten hour where we talk about our drink and tell you what we think every other week. And if we get drunk, well, we might slur our speech. Got the gift of gab, the friends we wish you had. Join us for a drink, join us for a laugh. Time is never wasted, where you getting wasted? The molten hour here, people, people take your places. People, people take your places. to fiddle with the mic before this show starts. This is the intro. This is the shit that gets cut I'm going to keep it in. No, I keep this in. There's always needs to be something that leads into the show. Welcome to another episode of The Malting Hour. I am one of your hosts, Tony Golick, joined always with... Brandon Winnington. And late addition to the game... Clark Fetrid. Who is uh, watching the Bears game for us uh, tonight. Uh, and today we got a special show, something we've, uh, well, a, a brewery we've talked about a lot uh, on this show. Uh, you, if you've listened to the show, you know we've uh, done a couple after the Final Fours. Uh, in fact, we had like two or three in a row, which was all Revolution. <laughs> there it is! We're talking about Revolution tonight! And we're talking about their Deepwood Series beers. Uh, and we have two uh, super cool guests. Um, and we are joined by John Carruthers from Revolution. John, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, cool. Uh, is everybody else getting? So we're we're doing this very different. Uh, we're, our other guest, ABC, just told me she can hear an echo when I'm talking. ABC, I can hear an to echo show. too. Yeah, Ooh. I text that to you. I'm trying to be professional. I know, I I know, but if you can correct it because I have to take my headphones off when I'm talking to you guys. Mm. Is it? Can you still hear it pretty bad? Say something else. Hey, it's me saying something else. Nope, that's much better. Now. I think it's because I talk so loud. So I'm going to use my calm inside voice. Welcome to the Malting Hour. We're joined with John Carruthers of Revolution and Afro Beer Chick of Afro Beer Chick. I love the new NPR vibe. I think that's how we're going to go (laughs) the whole show. John Shalanda, thanks a lot for joining us uh, tonight on a Monday night. Uh, This is the weekend after the Revolution Deepwood series uh, has officially, the first I guess of uh, a couple of weeks that we're going to be coming up uh, the, this year of um, the Deepwood series beers, which is the barrel age series that you guys do. John, um, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do uh, with uh, revolution and maybe we can, you know, go through these beers uh, together. I mean, I would, but I'm just so relaxed. I, <laughs> your, your voice is frankly like a warm bath. <laughs> oh, you say like a warm bath? Yeah, I'm gonna you, are, s- you are wrapping me in lavender right now. I'm going to play um, for my wife. So I'm the communications manager for Revolution Brewing. Um, I do a lot of stuff. Uh, most of it that's public facing involves being the Twitter idiot, doing the photos for Instagram, Facebook, running the events, um, writing the beer can descriptions, shooting our videos, stuff like that. Real cool, real cool, fun stuff. You're the fun guy of Revolution is what you're telling us. I think Marty's the fun guy, but I think I do okay. Hmm. All right. Excellent. Um, Shalanda, if people aren't familiar with you, uh, why don't you tell the audience about yourself and uh, what you do? I talk shit and drink beer at the same time most times. (laughs) Thank you for coming on to the show. All right, Tony, we don't need you then, so. (laughs) Straight to the point. I mean, why linger, right? This is the second time I, I've done You know, it's funny, like, because every time, I think she said that last time, and it's like, <laughs> every time I'm like, 
I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> it is very straight to the point. And Consistency is key. And that's why we keep asking her to come back. And you guys have the echo again. I think oh, it's yeah. because Brandon's talking too loud. Yeah. I'll bring it down a notch. There we go. Clark's far away. Uh, Brandon and I are pretty close to each other. This is just going to be a really chill, barrel-aged episode. John? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, can you give us a little background on the Deepwood Spears? Well, for all you <laughs> fellas and ladies out there listening to land. Hey, cool cats drinking your beers. Um, uh, the Deepwood series is our uh, barrel-aged series. Uh, it's been about 10 beers, give or take a couple, for the last few years, uh, all in cans and four packs of 12-ounce cans. Um, and it's everything from, you know, barley wine to rye wine, Scottish ale, uh, gosh, like any adjunct you can think of. It's It's like the raging, rampaging id of revolution as a brewery. I think it's a pretty good description of uh, those beers. Right now, we're drinking the original Death Charge, uh, which is uh, Brandon. You're really good at reading the can. I'm gonna, or actually, we we have our new fact checker, Clark. Clark, do you have that information uh, on your computer? This is what you would get paid for. I certainly do. And John, can you answer this question? The pronunciation of that beer Tony just mentioned. Is it Death oh. or Death? Yes. That's what I thought. It's whatever you want it to be. That's right. That's Shalanda, former brewer for a day. She knows the answer. That's right. I like that. You know, I was kind of hoping this was video so I could rock my brewer shirt as well. Uh, Send us a picture. Yeah, I was going to say, take a picture. Everybody do a a picture and we'll combine it all into one, like a Brady uh, Bunch picture for the episode. Wait, I got to tell Nick to take it off first. So I think the was the day after she was for the day, and we actually had her. We didn't have her before. Wasn't that the original Death Star? Wait a minute, you guys are so far away, yeah. and it's echoey. Yeah, you sounded really bad on that one, Brandon. You sound like you're in a pool. In a pool. But yeah, the Does last it sound time. Any better? That was much bit. better. <laughs> But yeah, the last time I was on your show, it was the day after I was a brewer. It was the, yeah, it was basically the day after I was a brewer for the day at Rev. So that was like an awesome couple of days because I had so much fun at both. That was the first time. So the first time you were on the show was the day after the brewer for the day. What, was, what did we do again where Shalanda came back? I think we just wanted to drink with her. So that's why we had her back on the show. I mean, that's pretty much the only reason why we have her on is to just drink with her. I'm okay with that. But, <laughs> I mean, this is going great. Show anyway, so. Brandon, your mic sounds way better. Oh, Clark's yeah. giving us the thumbs up from the TV area. <laughs> I feel like is it a bear's thumbs up or is that like just the audio? Bears are thumbs down. Bears um, thumbs down. This seems very disjointed because the audio that I'm losing focus that we're actually here to talk about beer and we have someone from Revolution actually on the show. Uh, Brandon, I originally asked you to uh, maybe read a description of this beer. Uh, is that available on a set can, which I believe it is. Witness the firepower of this fully operational barrel-aged imperial oatmeal stout. 
Brewed with English specialty malts and the addition of flaked and malted oats to create a rich chocolatey profile and silky mouthfeel that cloaks, yes, cloaks its considerable strength. The American oak barrel continues to build layers of complexity reminiscent of vanilla, toasted coconut, and caramel candy after this beer, oh, sorry, after this dark menace a full 12 months. I think you missed a word, but that's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) It says says in the can, this dark menace a full 12 months. After aging, this dark menace. Oh, after aging, yes. Sorry. Do not question the guy from Revolution, okay? He knows his shit. No, this was actually... like, I'm reading this. Did I? So this, but this goes back to another label I read the other day. What was it? Hashtag because. Yeah, I forget which one that was. It was like hashtag, hashtag, oh, hashtag because beer or something like that love beer and it was like it did not make sense so i question everything i read now because and this is the first beer so i don't know why i'm reading it so bad (laughs) it's gonna be a long interview john thanks for joining us tonight um of course lightweight so what what barrels were these uh fine this fine beer aged in was it a a, i'm assuming blend of uh, certain barrels yeah, this year was mainly Weller and uh, Buffalo Trace barrels. We've actually found that. So take whatever like sort of brand loyalty about bourbon you want kind of out of it. Um, the thing that breweries look for, at least breweries that produce at our size, um, is consistent quality barrels through the resellers that we get. Uh, and we have just been having phenomenal results with these Buffalo Trace barrels. Like, first of all, it's a delicious bourbon, but these these barrels come in such beautiful shape. I mean, you know watertight, still wet with the, the liquid that really is kind of the key. Um, the, the cool thing is like, this is the most death tower of the entire Deepwood series is the most of anything we make. Um, you know, we have 1100 ish barrels at any one time. And most of that is aging death tower. Um, this year, I think the average age of each barrel in the blend is 1.5 years. And I think it's a mixture of one, two and four year barrels. Um, the cool thing is, when they were tasting through this year, the, the barrels lined up for this, you know, usually they, they put a sticker on the barrels that they call the money barrels, the stuff we want to turn into single barrel variants because like the, the barrels that much more delicious, that much more balanced, that much more expressive. And they kind of gave up after a couple dozen. And they say that this, this blend of Death Star is like several hundred money barrels, um, you know, <laughs> all kind of creating this, this one beer They they have been, you know, I'm talking about the brewers. They think this is the best year of Death Star that we've ever done. And, I would be a terrible PR guy if I didn't agree with that, but uh, you know, I I believe them. Good good save there, John. Glad you didn't go uh, any other way with that by saying they're wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. Uh, as actually, as you were saying that, I was shaking my head yes because uh, this was the one that I did uh, have before I had it on Saturday. So before we did this show, I I did manage to uh, have one of these. And I must say, this is not that I ever dislike it, but this year seems to be really spot on. Uh, it's I get a lot of barrel, uh, more, more I should say more so woodiness from it than maybe I had before, uh, or in recent years that I can remember. Uh, you know, I still get the, the bourbon, the sweetness, and the kind of oaky and vanilla, but I get a lot of like woody notes in it that I really really like. What are you guys uh, getting? My other NPR hopes. Yeah, so I'm kind of on the same page. Um, 
And I feel like this is the first after reading the description. I'm not so much getting the toasted coconut, but the uh, the caramel candy and the vanilla, like I'm getting more of that mixed in with like a dark um, chocolate. And the I guess, you know, I'll go using the technical terms, the mouthfeel on this just is spot on. Um, and I, and I, again, I think the last Death Star we had is the one that we had with Shalanda, which was the original one that was released, right? That's what we did for that after the final pour. And yeah, um, still the 22 ounce uh, bomber. Yeah. And that was aged for I don't know how many years since the original one was released. And it, it's reminiscent of that to me. Like that, it feels like it's been aged that much. Um, and I love it. Yeah, this is, I'm excited to try the other ones just because this one is actually holding up so well. Uh, Clark, you have any input or are you still watching the Bears game? I'm done watching the Bears game for the moment. Just to chime in and say, uh, I, I can find anything I want in this version of Death Star. If I want it to be a, a boozy version, I've, I've got that. A chocolatey, got that. A little bitter, I've got that too. That's what I like about it. You can go find anything you really want in a barrel-aged beer. You know, Clark, you really become a great addition because it's like you take mine and Brandon's ramblings and just make it into a nice untapped review. You're welcome. I didn't thank you for it. Uh, Shalanda, what was your thoughts about this year's review? <laughs> <laughs> well, I really enjoyed it. It's just I have to basically piggyback what Clark, you know, the sane one of the trio said thank you thank you so much <laughs> nobody said, said that. but he's right you do get everything you want under this beer you get that bitterness you know on the back end and then you get the sweetness um i really enjoy this beer because it's a very well balanced beer and then um for me whose palate has changed so much since coming into the game i'm not really big into the super pastries sweet um barrel aged beers so for this one to have the the best of both worlds is like one of my faves. So, I mean, they, I mean, they always, you know, Rev always does good shit. So yeah. Kudos. I think you're at the nail on the head when you say that it's not, uh, there are some pastry, you know, style of barrel aged beers I like out there. I think this is uh, a good example of what a solid, you know, uh, well-balanced barrel-aged beer can be. John, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass because you're on the show. I don't know if you ever listened to our show. We love Revolution beers on this show. No, no, no. It wouldn't be nice to me either. Uh, <laughs> but it's a very good beer, and I didn't make it, so you're fine. I mean, but it's still you're the PR guy. I, I get a. T- I actually get a ton of vanillin, uh, you know, from the oak. Like for something that has no vanilla adjunct in it, I think this is one of the most vanilla-forward years of this beer we've ever had. I like uh, the fact that the base, uh, the, you know, the regular Death Star here, uh, that you guys make so much of it that it's become a thing that every year I can walk into a Benny's and there's still just a little bit there leaning on the shelves that they keep bringing out. Like, oh, look, there's only one four pack left. You go back in two weeks, it's like, why are there four more four packs and five single cans? And you guys always have it at the, the brew pub too, or at the, the tap room, which is also very cool. Um, yeah, I I think everybody hit the nail on the head with how this tastes. I really enjoy it. I'm going to look forward to drinking many more of these as the days get colder here in Chicago. We had a little bit of snow today, and we're going to throw it over to Brandon for the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> the what? So, 
So what I was going to say, um, so going back to the, um, you know, just talking about the beer itself, what what is phenomenal about this beer is the accessibility of it. And when I say accessibility, it's it's a highly sought after beer from a lot of like beer people, but you could actually buy this beer and it's at a reasonable price and you can enjoy it um, versus like, you know, Again, I'm not going to talk about nothing bad against Goose Island, but the fact is, it's like the the people that the people that like that beer, the the people that like that beer hoard that beer, like you know they'll, they'll grab it, they'll hoard it, like you know people just buy it in mass just to say that they have it. Like this is one like you know, and now that I enjoy it even more, I feel bad for not hoarding it, I guess, or having at least one can from each you know previous year. Um, because this beer is so phenomenal and like in my head i was just like man if we could do a vertical of this for a show that would be awesome even just the you know the base beer you know this would be great if i may jump in on that uh honestly the reason you guys talk about being able to find this being able to get it for a reasonable price we literally make this so you can enjoy it every barrel age season it is absolutely as ready as it's going to be the day it is released from the brewery drink it now we'll always make more is kind of our like general vibe on it that should be pretty much on all barrel aged beers that are released drink it now we'll make more that's like the best thing to say we we've talked about this before about you know we're we're all guilty three of us at least Jelanda, i don't know do you, do you ever hold on to beer aged beer no, I I drink it. <laughs> I mean, look, let me tell you, okay? I'm surprised. If, I, I kid you not, if it wasn't for Nate most of the times, all my beer will be, will be gone. Like, they're, like, I'm surprised I still have a 10-year and a VSOR and D in the fridge. And I really want to drink it so bad. And it's like, no, let's sit on it. Sit on it for what? I'm going to drink it. So, oh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not... I'm not good at storing beer. I want to drink it so as I can. Hey, I mean, I know exactly where Nick's coming from because we've had, you know, Nick and I have had these conversations about storing beers before. And, like, he's probably one of the people that started me on, you know, not getting rid of beer right away. It's like, oh, let's hold on it for a while, see what happens to it. Um, I'm now more in the mode of, like, let's drink what we can while we have it, you know, enjoy it instead of, like, taking up space in my basement all the time. Which yeah. is kind of how after the final pour got born because we needed to get rid of stuff that's in my basement. <laughs> I've never had, and granted, I'm in the extremely privileged position of like, you know, getting to take home beer from work. I've never had a beer that wasn't stored, at least in the fridge, that I thought was better after a few months than it would have been if I just drank it right away. That said, like, you keep a you keep a beer in the fridge for a little while and like, you know, if it's got a little bit of hotness to it, It'll open up into something pretty cool. Yeah, but and there's so many good beers out there. I'm just, I'm with Shalanda, you know, like just smoke them if you got them. <laughs> and I remember I, when last year when I was uh, there for brew, brew for the day, I believe her, Christian in the, in the lab, she said to drink the beers fresh. You know, don't sit on them because, you know, they, they have a peak time. They want you to, to enjoy them when you get them. So waiting two and three years later to open it up, you're really doing yourself a disservice. You're not getting the, the feel, the taste that it was meant for, in, you know, when it's fresh. So. Yeah. And this is not an official revolution position. This is just my observation as a guy who likes to talk too much. 
Um, I think a lot of it is like that original, you know, that old Bourbon County label from the four packs that says like, you know, develops up to five years in the bottle. And like that really hit with a lot of people because that was the one that made people go, oh, damn, you know. And then I think the other part of it is people just look at what their wine collecting friends do and go, oh, beer is classy. I can do that, too. But, you know, oxidation and beer and wine are not necessarily the same the same beast. I, I learned the hard way this past Friday drinking. I'm, I'm going to mention Goose Island drinking last year's uh, prop. First time I opened up since I got it and coconut has gone bye bye. So I, I broke my own rule of not aging uh, a barrel aged beer. The only I think the longest that I've kept revolution was mm, I got VSOD last December and I kept it until the beginning of February in the refrigerator. And it was the best thing after dry January to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Should have drank it. <laughs> I don't understand why that, that was hurtful. Uh, Clark, can you uh, please come over here where you're going to go into uh, Cafe Death and then talk, or Cafe Deeth. We'll call it Deeth this time. Sorry, guys, we're, we're, we're jumping into the next one here. Yeah, uh, Riley's trying to get to my revolution beer right now. We're fighting. <laughs> Does, does Riley uh, ever, uh, if you don't follow Shalanda on uh, the social media, don't. Uh, her dog is on a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of these pictures. Wait, no, that's personal. That you're <laughs> This chick talks beer and after beer chick, I don't know how much right. I follow you on everything, so I don't well, know. Well, you follow me on everything, so yeah. I'm not a fan. Yes, Stalker. Okay, so uh, let's talk about Cafe D. This one is the one that I didn't get last year, but Clark brought some over to my house for Halloween and drank it and I instantly regretted it. And this year I was not also going to get it. I don't know why I have nothing against it, but I was like, mm, let's save some money. I'll get maple and regular. And I thought about it. And I said, nope, I regretted it last year. And taking my first sip, I'm really glad that I got some now because this well, is that's awesome. The, that's the weird thing. You're the coffee beer guy and I'm not. I'm not a coffee beer guy. I do not like coffee in my beer, but this... As I said on Untap last night, gets me gets me right here. That's not like the beginning of a Dr. Seuss thing. I do not like coffee in my beer. I <laughs> Shut up, Mark. Uh, Brayden, what are your takes away on this uh, beer? Um, so I'm going right into it. So I don't have the can. So Clark's got the can. Um, so I don't want to read the description. So I kind of want to go off like not knowing what it actually says before I make my decision. Oh, do you want, do you want the PR guy to give... Uh... An incredibly sexy reading of the can, because that's what I'm here for. Actually, yes. Yes, he had the calm voice as well, so go ahead and do so, it. So go ahead and do that, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give my thoughts on it. All right. Y'all ready for this? <laughs> you guys are fired. All right. I'm going to three, two, one. A weaponized quantity of freshly roasted whole bean coffee from independent Chicago roasters imbues our Death Star barrel-aged imperial style with an assertive coffee aromatic without overshadowing the base beer on the palate. Pair with rich food or enjoy on its own. Keep cold. Enjoy now. We mean it. Jeez. Man, that was really good. That was was a little more aggro than I meant to go, but you know, you take it where the character goes. It was, it was, that was perfect. That sounded like a beer movie I wanted to watch. (laughs) beer movie um but um i'm going to uh fully admit that i tried to just not pay attention to what you were saying because if you were going to give a description (laughs) i didn't want to hear what you were saying um because i wanted to give an honest description so um, you like this to all your guests 
Yes. Well, no, 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 no. I, I mean, I'm listening to what you're saying. But I didn't want to hear the description because I didn't want that to influence what I was about to say. So, uh, so on top of, you know, it is a lot more subtle, I think, than the actual Death Star. The heat is not as overwhelming. Um, and I definitely get this cold brew coffee uh, vibe that's coming through almost um, like like almost like a freshly, you know, poured out cold brew that hasn't been um, like watered down, like, you know, most cold brews should be like a, like a good thick extract. So it's like a full coffee punch and I'm getting some toffee in there. I'm getting like, let me try it again. But yeah, so I'm getting like toffee. I'm getting more vanilla on this. I I think personally than I was in um, the re- uh, regular D star or death star. Whatever we're calling it, um, this is deep. Okay, uh, but yeah. So just based on that, like the the flavor profile is a lot more complex. I think on this, when you're kind of getting rid of like that heat that's in there. I think it's. Um, I was about to say funny, but it's not that it's funny. I don't get cold brew coffee. Were you saying cold brew in the sense that of how strong cold brew is? Yes. Okay, that's sorry. I think I misunderstood you. I can see that. Um, the, the coffee in it though is is very strong in a good in a good way, but it's it doesn't uh, overpower overshadow the actual barrel aged beer itself. Yeah, so I wasn't saying that it was like a cold brew coffee. I'm more again like the the punch that I'm getting is like a strong coffee. Um, but it's not like a bitter coffee. And and again, and I compare that to cold brew because when I make cold brew here, like it's a very strong coffee without the bitterness. And I'm not getting that coffee bitterness, which I've gotten in coffee beers before. Got it. Sorry. I just, I stopped listening to you like the way you stopped listening to John. Clark, what did you think about uh, the cafe deep? Well, yeah, I am picking up on the vanilla a little bit more in this than the regular, unlike John, but that's okay. Uh, no, it's very well-rounded and for not a, being a coffee beer guy, I love it. Uh, Shalanda, what was your experience with uh, the Cafe Death Man, let me tell you, I love Cafe Death, and I think it's actually one of my, I think it's my favorite of the series, for one, it justifies my drinking at 7 a.m. when I'm making breakfast because it has coffee in it. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that it's not overpowering with coffee. I'm not too much of a coffee person, but I do like um, the hint, the hintness of it. I love the fact that you get, it's like a boozy coffee drink, and I'm all for that. And I'm such not a coffee person. Like I've had a cold brew sitting in my refrigerator for like three days now because Nick and I keep forgetting about it. So <laughs> at some point we're gonna get to it, but this cafe deep, I'm I'm loving it. That was that was the best description you probably could have gave the beer. It's like a boozy coffee drink. I think that's what they were going for, Shalanda. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, John. Um, can you give a little uh, background on what kind of coffee you guys are using on this one? Yeah. So um, this is if you guys had our super massive cafe over the summer. This is the same blend of beans, um, just at a 1.75 pound per barrel dosing instead of, I think it was 3.5 for Supermassive. Um, it's got those two really cool San Geronimo Miramar beans, one uh, a Katowai and one a, I think it's a wash process. Um, 
what we do is uh, a cold brew is a, a good comparison in that, you know, it's, it's cold beer going on to this coffee beans and it's an alcohol extraction for 24 hours. Um, the thing that Marty and the barrel team has learned is that, you know, a short, intense uh, extraction time pulls out a lot of those cool, like toffee, fudgy flavors and leaves behind like the green pepper, the bitterness, the uh, acidic kind of stuff. So like, I mean, it's, it's been wild. They, they've really started to dial, you know, for, for the, for the few years I've worked here, like they've just dialed in their, their coffee stouts every year. And it's been something pretty amazing to see. Like every time they pull something off a tank or a barrel, you're like, shit, give me that first. Sorry, I turned my mic back up because I wanted to avoid the echo. <laughs> We're still listening to you, John. Um, we actually did have the super massive cafe death. We did it on, uh, we have a, a segment that we do called After the Final Pour, uh, where it used to be after we did a show, we drank with the guest one specific beer. Uh, but because of these COVID times, it has become just Brandon and I drinking a beer after we've had a couple of beers and then we'll hop on this uh, and do it together. So we did, uh, yeah, super massive cafe death, which was really, really good. Um, that's crazy to hear about the extraction. I guess I never really thought about how as a home brewer doing it, you know, I just do cold brew into my keg, rack my beer on top of it. And that's it. I guess I didn't really think about any other way of doing it. So that's, that's cool. It's a cool fact. Unfortunately, during the recording of this episode, our recording had stopped, uh, unbeknownst to us, and uh, we missed out on John talking a little bit more about how the coffee was extracted and added to the beer. So we're going to take this opportunity to take a little break. We'll be right back. Yeah, it's ironic. Smoking that chronic got me paranoid about my image. Well, what about it? Like, suscribe So eat your spinach. Smoking too damn much, it got me winded. Now I'm offended by the things you got and the things that I'm not. But damn it, I am tripping. Any perspective, we all got a little bit of Jordan and a little bit of Pippin. But we fail to listen to our intuition. I know I'm not alone. I know you're not alone. Spend too much time just thinking about what they may say. Cause some nights of drinking, thinking what I'm gonna say. Sometimes we get in our way and can't get carried away. Saying things we just don't mean, keeping your feelings at bay. It doesn't have to be the way. I'm just living for today. And fuck what they gon' say, just go and find your way. And fuck what they gon' say, just go and find your way. Tired of living on couch Gotta get out of this house Hop in the van and I'm out Sorry but I gotta bounce Cruising, I'm on a new route Taking my talents on south Living it just for the now Visions getting them out Tell me what's that about You thought I'd never amount I had my moment of doubt But I'ma figure it out to talk, harder to walk, I'm on your fault, fly like a hawk, give me the ball, I'll never stop, till I get down, them outside. Spend too much time just thinking about what they may say, cause some nights are drinking, thinking what I'm gonna say, sometimes we get in our way, and can't get carried away, saying things we just don't mean, keeping your feelings at bay, it doesn't have to be the way, I'm just living for today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fuck what they gon' say. Just go and find your way. And fuck what they gon' say. Just go and find your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
fuck what they gon' say Just go and find your way Man, fuck what they gon' say Just go and find your way, Man, writing the plot to my story, I came and I conquered off of the glory. Why people often ignore me? Was I in the wrong? My feelings are strong. I'm up in the empty, what place in my bed? And something like it, my messages yet. I'm keeping it moving, my motives are great. Keeping my eyes open for snakes in the grass, and that's at the top. Shit, keeping it true, what fuck do you mean? Nobody wants, they still in my team. They going through mud, they bobbed in their weed. They smoking our blunts, wrapped up in keys. We found out my homes like we is the chiefs. Wrecking these fools, and we ain't got cleats. Step back. Uh, this is a death trap Life is short and sweet Seem to forget that Slow it down, take a look Meditate, read a book Work on it, you're doing fine Get the bad, out your mind Just mind your manners Just spot the patterns Just recognize the love The only thing that matters And when the snakes speak Who cares what they think The cool they they drink Has made their head shrink And these suckers in the Spend too much time just thinking about what they may say Cause some nights are drinking, thinking what I'm gonna say Sometimes we get in our way, and can't get carried away Saying things we just don't mean, keeping your feelings at bay It doesn't have to be that way I'm just living for today And fuck what they gon' say, just go and find your way And fuck what they gon' say, just go and find your way And we're back! Yeah, that's good, that's good at all. I'm gonna leave him. I'm gonna leave the part in where I yell. You did not yell so loud. Uh, hey, welcome back. Uh, yeah, we're actually back now. Sorry to everybody. That sounds like y'all been drinking already. Not at all. I'm as sober as a priest. That's a bad example. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're here, uh, still drinking the Revolution Deepwood series. <clears throat> and uh, here's the thing. We apologize for the technical difficulties before we went to the break. Uh, it's still working on uh, some kinks here. But we're still here with John Crothers and Dammit Tony. Oh, I'm sorry. We're still here with uh, Death by White Castle and Dammit Tony WTF, a.k.a. John Crothers and ABC Afrobeer Chick. Uh, thank you guys for being patient. And let's get into the final beer from <laughs> what was just released uh, from Revolution's uh, Deepwood series. The first of uh, of many. We could talk about the other ones that are coming out. This is Maple Death, baby. Or is it deep? We don't really know yet. No, yes. this time this time it's death. It was uh, Death Star, Cafe Deeth. I'm going with Maple Death. Uh, you, uh, you know what? I think it was the opposite way. No, no. I said Death Star. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Cafe Deeth. Everybody else, you can choose what you want to do for Maple. Uh, John, you did such a great job with the uh, Cafe Deeth. Can you give us the, give us the description of, uh, or read the can of the Maple Death? Yeah, just get a glass of Chardonnay and pull the shades down. <laughs> <clears throat> Does this need the dramatic music? I mean, it's not going to hurt. You can put it in in post. Brought to you with our friends at Chicago Maple, this comforting sipper spent time resting in freshly emptied maple syrup bourbon barrels. Then we sweetened the beer with that same bourbon barrel-aged maple syrup to produce waves of American oak, spirit, and maple working harmoniously to deliver an experience as approachable as it is satisfying. Enjoy now, or store cold. Uh, there's gotta be a... By the way, that was beautiful. Thank you. <clears throat> um, Thank you. 
No, thank you. That was really nice. Thank there's got there's got to be a way we can uh, fade that out. There's always just dramatic. It drops off, and that's it. Kind of kind of kills the mood. Like John really had me going. <laughs> uh, I must say, this was the one I was the most excited about when I saw it. I'm a fan of of maple in beers. I myself not sure how I would do it as a home brewer to put it in my beer because I'd, I'd just be afraid of it re-fermenting and drying my beer out completely. So I'm always interested when uh, a brewery adds maple into their beer. And I must say, this is like, in the best way possible, kind of drinking coffee and pancake syrup at the same time. I mean, that, that's that's my half-ass untapped review right there with five stars. <laughs> so do we know, John, do you know that is is this blended when, like, so after the beer is done, do they blend it? Or is it all, like, put in a barrel together? Or is it added to the barrel? Because I think the final outcome is amazing. So, yes, I have a story for you. Um, we have been working with the company Chicago Maple. You can see their logo on the can there. Um, they have a farm in the, in the UP of Michigan on like 600 and some acres, um, you know, harvesting from 20,000 something trees. Uh, so we had been doing kind of little one-offs with them for the last couple of years. And then for this, we finally gave them like a lot of barrels, uh, freshly emptied D star barrels, um, to kind of play around with. And they barrel aged this syrup that was really cool and delicious and that was out of, you know, freshly emptied D-Star barrels. And we thought, what if we made a beer with this? So we kind of blended some of that barrel-aged syrup back into, um, you know, these different sweet and dry barrels of D-Star. And that's kind of, we tried it last year with a single barrel variant. And then we liked it. We scaled it up for this year. And that's what you're seeing here. So it's it's D-Star uh, blended with D-Star barrel-aged maple syrup to the, mm. to the kind of proportions that our brewers really thought was perfect. So Tony, that might go as like the point. So what he said was, it's actually so it's barrel aged maple that is blended with the actual beer. So I mean, that's how it's not refermenting and drying it out. So I think that's probably going to be the best way to do it is to actually just blend your maple with the beer. But we'd have to buy a lot of maple even for like a five gallon batch. I think. Yeah, and the thing with this is we wanted to use maple syrup, not maple extract, not maple yeah, you anything can tell else. The difference, like, I pure, feel like pure maple syrup, like it, it has that flavor. It's not too sweet, but it has that deep, like woody, oaky aroma. Um, and you can always tell when you find a maple beer that is just kind of shortchanging it with uh, with the extracts because, man, you don't want a second one. Yeah, th- there's a few extract uh, maple beers out there that are no good, as the kids would say. I like, throw that in, in some of my reviews as well, as the kids would say. All those kids drinking all these beers out there. <laughs> now this is this is this is really nice. This is exactly, maybe not exactly. I don't know what exactly I was thinking of uh, when I when I saw this beer, but the idea of having maple in Death Star just sounded awesome, and I'm 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 very happy. With that, John, you, you guys did this last year, I think, during one of the releases on draft. Is that correct? Yeah, that and was I, the single barrel variant I was talking about. Right, right, right. And that's how does that differ from this? As that far as was, 
Uh, that was an earlier blatch, uh, batch of barrel-aged syrup, um, and it was a single barrel. So I think one of the things you get um, at our scale, whether it's like straight jacket, D-star, whatever, is that kind of winemaking thing where different barrels are made for different things and then blended together for an end result, kind of like a wine thing. When you're doing a single barrel, you don't necessarily get that. So we had barrel-aged maple syrup. We had, you know, D-star. Uh, dry component and we blended it together this year it's you know hundreds of barrels coming together with some very specifically barrel aged maple product and then blended at the end to hit a specific like target sugar and gravity and i think the the result is just super cool it's just a level of precision that we couldn't necessarily hit for a couple kegs you know for the release party last year what i was kind of expecting from this, I guess I was, or not expecting, but I was kind of concerned was how much it would have dried it out with the maple syrup being in there, but it doesn't do that at all. Yeah. So this, this is going to be, um, you know, after aging, um, and just right before pasteurizing, you know, we pasteurize all our beers. So this is not getting any of that additional re-fermentation. All the maple in there is staying around as, you know, maple character. So can I bring my homebrew in to pasteurize and then I can add my maple syrup? That's a, is that cool? Well, I'll send some emails, sure. <laughs> nice. See that, Shalanda? You're not the only brewer for a day. Whatever, but I had in-house experience. I'm never inviting you back uh, on the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brandon will. I'm not right. Brandon and Clark, you're voted. Perfect. Anyway, uh, I, think, I think we've kicked Shalanda off the last episode, and then she's obviously still back. So nope. there's no kicking Shalanda off ever being on an episode. Actually, I kicked Shalanda off, and then we did an after final pour with Ailman, where I got kicked off, which hasn't been released yet. So just so you guys look, know, just, look, just face alert. it, I'm going to always pop up. That's how we like it. Exactly. There you go. I didn't have anything clever for that, uh, John. <laughs> this, this is a this is a question for Deep by White Castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you give us a little preview uh, in, into what's uh, coming up uh, from you guys? Because this was the initial release, and actually, by the time that this episode's out, uh, for those people in Chicago um, and anywhere else, you guys do you guys put? I know you guys are in other states. Does does the the Deepwood series make it to other states and cities? It does. It makes it pretty far into our distribution footprint. Oh, that's uh, awesome. But let me correct you. Uh, this is the second release in the Deepwood series. We had Undertaker last month. Oh, sorry. I forgot. I got one more of those cans sitting in my fridge. <laughs> that was very good. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, sorry. I, I, I guess I put this as the first, uh, like, because I always considered when Death Star got released as the beginning of it. The uh, yeah, but you're right. Uh, Thundertaker, the collaboration with Binnie's, uh, the, was that a rye, was that a rye stout, Imperial stout mm-hmm. aged in rye barrels? Yeah. And it was, yeah. Blanton's barrels. Uh, those were barrels, uh, hand selected by the people at Binnie's. Um, so they could, you know, get barrels that we didn't necessarily have access to through our people. It was a good damn beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, 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 my plan is to hold on to, Clark and I, you and I were talking about this uh, the few times that we actually do talk because I hate talking to you, uh, that we were going to try and hold on to one of each beer so that by the end of the year, not, you know, pushing into, you know, 2021, the year that 
the world came back to normal, uh, we were going to try and, uh, you know, enjoy uh, having these. I don't think Clark's paying attention anymore. I think he's. Oh, I'm paying oh, a lot of attention. I was just thinking cruelty. about how many beers that would be together. You're disappointed to hear that I got it. Uh, <laughs> so can you get into what's uh, coming up next uh, as far as the next releases? Uh, now that, because uh, as I was saying, the now it should be in stores by the time this episode is, is released because we're about a week out from the actual release at the, the brewery. Yeah, the Death Star and Cafe. Maple is a brewery-only release, but we have more of it, and we'll be releasing it Tuesday the 27th on the web store. So I don't know what your post-production time is like, but uh, you know, get it sooner than later. There ain't a ton of it left. That's a week after this episode comes out, but that's cool because if you guys... Uh, sorry, everybody. No, you're fine. Yeah, they snoozed on it. Um, I don't know why they're not doing curbside pickup with Revolution already. Um, now, anyway, next month we have a very cool lineup. It's Straight Jacket, which for my money is still my favorite in the Deepwood series. I know it is the thing since the beginning, but like that is the thing that I thought about Revolution before I started working there. Uh, we got the return of Honey Jacket, which is the beer made with the Roofs uh, Beehive Honey, which is, I think, a very cool kind of local thing. Uh, and then Death by Cherries for the first time since, I believe, 2017. And that's going to be a very cool release. The Death by Cherries was probably one of my favorite ones that I've ever had. I mean, probably now, I'm like, well, like, Maple Death is awesome. But yeah, Death by Cherries is like the gold standard of what I remember being an awesome and delicious beer that I just want to have over and over again. Uh, and I'm excited that that one's coming back. I didn't know that. I, I, I Well, maybe I did see that. We we saw the lineup, so yeah, I did I did see that. So yeah, yeah I'm totally excited about that one again. Yeah, I read the entire That'd be lineup. Cool. Oh, yeah. But we also did talk about this previously, so like yeah, I'm just kind of hearkening back. Um, so after that, Ryeway to Heaven. I think everyone agrees that 2019 Ryeway was one of the best years ever. Yes. Mine Shaft Gap, Asian in the Cognac Barrels. Super looking forward to that. And then let me tell you guys. Marty doesn't get excited about much, uh, just annoyed at not hitting targets he likes. And he says that double barrel VSOD, and this is the second time around, he said, you know, to me, he's like, we didn't know how to make this beer the first time. He's like, this new beer is mathematically perfect with the sugar and the alcohol and the gravity. We hit every single one of our numbers. I've never seen the man as excited about a beer as double barrel VSOD. If there's one Daryl double barrel, not a Daryl, but a double barrel worth getting, it's going to be this one. And I guarantee you, as God is my witness, that is a double barrel I'm going to get. In your, we'll in your, see about that. No, he lie, he lie. Shut up, Shalanda. <laughs> I was like, double barrel? Is that a Walking Dead reference? What's going on here? Double Daryl? Double tap Daryl. I am very double much. Double Daryl. I am very much uh, looking forward to that double barrel VSOD. VSOD has pretty much become like i don't know like that that to me is all the best things that you can get out of a barrel aged beer it, it it hits all the notes for me perfectly where it's like over the top uh in all the right ways where it's uh i don't know it, it was like drinking hot fudge to me like barrel aged hot fudge brandon your heat is kicking on and it's going to ruin this recording boy if we've had any hiccups on a show. This is the show. 
Uh, Jen, uh, there's, you're, you're, is there anything else after? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. There is, but I, I wanted to point out, I mean, you're very correct in, in like the very special, the, the VSOD, like you expose an Imperial stout in barrels uh, with a high sugar content to oxygen for as long as we with VSOD, it absolutely picks mm-hmm. up those fudge notes. Like it's, if that's your thing with barrel aged beer, like this is going to be your jam. Um, oh boy. That is my jam. And then, yeah, after... After that, we've got Apple Brandy Ryeway, and that's going to be an extremely limited run. I believe a brewery only release. Uh, that's Ryeway to Heaven in Apple Brandy barrels. I'm already like gonna just buy as much of it as I can. <laughs> uh, and then we've got a we've got a barrel aged Deepwood collaboration that we don't quite have ready to tell everyone, but uh, that I think really everyone in Chicago is going to be excited about. Everyone's going to see this collaboration. And they're going to look at it and they're going to go, they're going to look at the two parties involved and go, oh yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Is it going to be Jepson's Malort? No, we already did that, man. Okay. Anyways, uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so John, it, it, Kurt, oh, that's right. You did. I know. I know. John, curbside pickups. I assume that's going to be continuing yeah, for man, the foreseeable future. It is, um, you know, like the pub is off and on depending on, you know, just sort of public health. Like we will be cautious and close things at the first, you know, sign of anything. So if you were just looking for our beers, um, we are keeping curbside open noon to 7 p.m. seven days a week. So we've got cool stuff. We occasionally throw rare stuff on there from the library, you know, merch, glasses, whatever you want. We really appreciate when people come out and order curbside and support us because, you know, we're not necessarily in the middle of anyone's drive these days. So it's very cool when people, uh, you know, pick up a whole bunch of beer. I was, uh, I was going to say the glasses this year I thought were really cool. And I was kind of bummed to see that those sold out so fast. Uh, they were kind of, a little different from last year's, right? Didn't last year's have stems on them or you before that? They didn't have stems, but these new ones have that uh, gilded rim. They look Delicate good. Me, I, I don't know. even take one home because I'm like, oh, we have these. And then they all sold out. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I have. I'm drinking out of mine right well, now. We're like going to have them again soon. Thank goodness. I've been oh, yeah, trying to get gave, one of those we for We have a couple years. of Shalanda and Nick. Go buy, try to buy one. It's sold out. Oh, that's what it was. No, cool. okay. Wait, wait. He meant to say they really gave a couple. This one's only existed for one year. Picks. I was gonna say that's kind of where. I, that's what I thought it was more of. Like Shalana got it. Like maybe Nick's name was on it, but we all know what happened with those glasses. So, well, question, kind of going back to the beer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, quick question, going back to the beer um, with. Mm-hmm. The you know D star Death Star whatever uh, so it's a twelve month series or twelve months in the barrel aged beers um, has Rev talked about what barrels they're using for next year's release or is that something that they keep under wraps and then release? I like the inflection that you gave in that question. Yeah, huh? it was intentional. <laughs> uh- no, so I mean that's a very it's a very good question and it's kind of cool. Like I was a bourbon guy before I was a beer guy, so like questions like that are cool and that just people are getting more acclimated to like thinking about American spirits and American oak. Um, 
the the real answer though is probably a little more boring and industrial than you want is that like these beers get planned two to three years out so like yes we have these conversations about what we're doing next year but we had them like you know one to two years ago that's amazing that that's how far out you guys are planning it and i think that goes to show in the uh final product of what you guys put out yeah i i can't take any credit for it uh but i am very happy to shill their beers because they do a tremendous job of this kind of stuff yeah, but I think that also those conversations have to go into play because you're trying to get those bourbon barrels. So you can't just you can't 12 months out be like, hey, let's call them up, see if they got a 500 bar- you know, however many barrels that they're going to use, you know. Um, but but my my real question was, does Rev talk about it to the public? So like for next year around this time when these beers are going to be released again, um, do we know what barrels they're going to be in? Can we talk about that? Or is that something that, you know, we just have to wait and see? Um, you know, we don't because why are we going to talk about the thing that's happening in 24 months when we've still got the thing that's happening in 12 months live to everybody? Uh, you know, also there's a quality thing. Um, you know, we taste every barrel like Marty, Jim, like they, if you come in on days when they're tasting barrels, they're like, you know, they have this grim, like, that's not every day, like hard labor. (laughs) (laughs) Literally every barrel that goes into every single one of these beers is individually tasted and scored by these guys. And it's like one of those things where it's like a twilight zone deal. Like, Oh, you want to work in barrel aged beer? Do you well taste all the barrels? Uh, And they do it all the time because they love making this kind of stuff and they're very committed to their craft. Um, but like, honestly, the way these things have to sit in barrels, the way they develop, the way they're going to be blended, um, it wouldn't make necessarily any sense to talk about two years from now as barrels when, you know, one years from now barrels might look different in six months. Like releases occasionally get pushed because the barrels aren't quite ready yet, or the blend isn't quite where it could be, or we want to wait on a little bit of this component or that component. Like we are kind of in between a goose island oh, who can yeah, take an entire city out. block of barrels <laughs> lost you, and a small tap room, which can have Hello? like a small room of barrels uh, it, to where we me. can be a little bit thoughtful and uh, push things out. But we also don't have unlimited I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anybody out there? Hello. This is, this is the problem with it. <laughs> Is me you're looking for? I don't mind Lionel Richie. Come on. Uh, this is the problem, unfortunately, with uh, the, the recording during these uh, COVID times. We're trying to do this over the internet, and sometimes uh, we got issues. This is the first time in a long time we've had issues. Uh, hopefully, we get John back. It looks like he's back. Did I just, did I just drop back. off? He's back. Yeah. And you're back. back. What was the last thing I said? Tony. You're amazing. Thank you for having me on the show. You don't owe me chicken rings, and we're not going to talk about the future barrels, you son of a bitch. Man, so like my imposter jumped on right as I dropped off, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So but it was, we were talking about why we don't get into like the future barrels, and I was actually going to chime in right when you almost, you basically got cut off, but um I kind of like that because it gives you something to look forward to. So 
I didn't know until early, you know, like a month or two ago that these were uh, Buffalo Trace and Weller Barrels. And those are two of my favorite bourbons. Like I buy Buffalo Trace regularly. Um, and that's what got me super excited about this year's series. Now, in my head, what it, what, what it, that makes me think is, do I like it more because of that? Or is it just a mental thing? Because I've had beers that were in Buffalo Trace Barrels before. Um, and I've just loved those. Like they've been just awesome. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it makes me more excited to kind of wait for next year and then try next year just to see, you know, if this, you know, whole mental thing comes into play. Sounds like a question for yourself, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, yes, but in general, I, I mean, I respect the fact that they are not go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna say, like it, your your proclivity towards different bourbon brands definitely does show up in the final character. Um, the thing that most people don't know who buy barrel aged beer is that like the quality of the bourbon doesn't necessarily equate to the quality of the barrels that a brewer gets through you know a middleman, and we basically all use middlemen. Um, not gonna name any names, but some very good bourbons come in as very terrible barrels, and some very workmanlike barrels, uh, I mean, bourbons come in as the kind of barrels that like make an absolute like song out of a cool barrel aged stout or porter or you know, rye wine. Evan Williams, we get it, we totally get it. Yeah, no, no dickle barrels though. <laughs> Ooh, bummer. Well, um, uh, no, but I think what I, can... what I was saying. Oh, sorry, um, sorry, earlier when I got when I got cut off by my own crappy Comcast internet. Um, the reason we don't talk about barrels, uh, you know, more than a year out, is because the way these things, even in our controlled environment, um, mature and age and and complexify, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, promising something twenty four, twenty six, thirty six months out, like. It's like trying to predict the weather, you know, four months from now. Like you can take an educated guess, but like something cool is going to happen. You don't know what it is, but, uh, you know, our team's gotten better than ever at rolling with it. And that's maybe because they've been more adaptable than predictive. So do they know ahead of time how many barrels they want? So yeah, I guess that's a question. Is there a set number of barrels that they're looking to get? Um, or is it just dependent on the quality of barrels that they could actually get? So we haven't had quality problems with barrels. I don't think we've drain poured anything for like three or four years. That's actually why our sanctuary series has gotten a little low because we don't even have very many leaky barrels. Um, what I can tell you is we've got probably like 1150 bourbon barrels, uh, oak barrels, you know, with some rum, cognac, whatever thrown in at any one time. Uh, and it's like, we have room to store X amount of barrels. We haven't hit that ceiling yet, but we basically store the same amount of barrels. We know how much we're going to sell through at retail um, and through commercial sites. And we kind of keep it at that number and gradually increase it. Uh, so it's kind of like a rolling number uh, that we just kind of plan on two to three years out. And, you know, as the Deepwood series kind of increases, we, we have added barley wines and stouts in July, and we've added some special new releases like in the middle of the year. Um, but, you know, it's it's not impossible to forecast as a brewery at our size. We're not 
Anheuser-Busch, we can't just immediately say this is our new thing and like throw it out everywhere. I was going to say, I I do like the way that you guys, uh, especially this year, I notice of how there have been some Deep Woods releases throughout the year. And one of the ones that we tried and that I really enjoyed was the Mixed Berry. Uh, Was that Mixed Berry Ryeway or just Mixed Berry Rye? Mixed berry ryeway. So that was ryeway yeah. with a, a bouquet of mixed berries. That was actually crazy. That was um, very the, crazy like, in the best the way The latest possible. issue of, was it Wine Enthusiast or something? Like one of those wine magazines that I'm like aware of, but don't really know about. <laughs> um, like gave it a 98. And you know, Whoa. like when I'm buying, when I'm buying, uh, when I buy bottles of wine from my in-laws, like those stickers are what kind of yeah. that and the price is what makes me buy whatever. And like, I got a, I got a note from John Hall, the well-known beer writer. He's like, hey, yeah, this got a 98 and the latest wine enthusiast. And I'm like, oh man, that's, that's super cool. It was like dipping our toe into a, a an area of the pool that I didn't really consider us part of yet. I think with that beer specifically, you guys totally should uh, consider yourselves in that pool. I really like that beer. It was it was I I had no idea what to expect, especially with the different amount of berries that were in there. I was kind of hesitant about trying it. Did I got some and thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, cool. I, I, like I, I've been saying, we do, you know, dry component and sweet component. They blend it like winemakers. Um, that beer was so not necessarily just like sugary sweet, but it was so aromatic and jammy. And like, it did have a viscosity to it um, that you wouldn't necessarily know. Those were all dry uh, ryeway barrels. I mean, the, none of that was brewed for sugar, but the way that it kind of came in on the back end with that fresh berry flavor was like super cool. It, it really, it, it's when I feel lucky to work at a place like this when it's like, Oh man, they just kind of show you what you can Accidentally do. Accidentally clicking a button again. Product. You know, if you know what you're doing and I don't, but they do. So yep. that's <laughs> it was kind of like a barrel age jam. Goddamn. Without... <laughs> Gotta get rid of that one again. This is a, my, my terrible uncapped review. Uh, five stars. Uh, Barrel Age Jam in the best way possible. Are there <laughs> the other category. untapped reviews? Are they terrible? All of my untapped reviews are terrible. If I'm not mistaken, uh, we hired Clark so he could look up what I actually said about these beers. So I was going uh, to yeah, say, said, about, uh, beers, so was gonna say is Clark actually looking up your review? Like jam character. What the hell is that? Someone making a smoothie? Do you have a button on your computer for a smoothie? (laughs) (laughs) This is she's got a different. This is all derailed. Uh, No, the the mixed berry one surprised me. I I, I'm right on top of that. I didn't think I was gonna like it. I wasn't even that loud, which is insane. Revolution, but I I had a feeling that because of of all those different berries. Maybe I wasn't going to enjoy it. Brandon's got his mic up, so now there's a echo. No, it's well. T- Tony read it. I'm working on it. What was? Who was that? <laughs> that wasn't Shalanda. She was too. She wasn't. She's too positive. No, I'm over here drinking whiskey. <laughs> yeah. She's on a different podcast now. This is all be real. I want to know, uh, whiskey you're drinking. Like you just 
yelled into the microphone in the worst way possible. I have no I idea. I wasn't even that loud, which is insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shalanda, remind me to to throw you a case of beer for having to listen to me talk for about five straight minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck I, we're just out here, Joanne. <laughs> I like how. So wait, so we owe you chicken rings. We owe Shalanda some beer, and then Shalanda also gets a case of beer from Revolution because you talked about. No, we look, don't talk about me. Shh. We're not gonna speak on me. Just mind your business. Just mind your business. <laughs> I'm drinking on Weller Antique right now. Okay, so we're before. We're on our Before, way. you know, like well, back when we could still drink together, uh, yeah. Shalanda was a frequent guest of the tap room. And as such, had to hear me tell the same story multiple times. That makes sense. Multiple times. That's a, that's a, that's a, a time, that's an X2 uh, for you algebra majors of it. Are you smart kids listening to our show still? Yeah. Well, you know, I will say this that visiting the tap room, especially after being a brewer for the day, I did gain a whole new appreciation for Pilsners as a palate cleanser after working with Marty and barrel tasting. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. Most of us just drink Fist City or Rev Pills after the end of the day. We've come to, uh, when we come to our own brew days, we decided when we first started as a, a brew club, we decided, oh, uh, we're brewing. Everybody it suddenly became a bottle share and all the beers that we brewed turned out like shit. And then it came to the point where it was, we're not going to drink anything until the boil. And it was going to be something like you guys said, a Pilsner or Fist City or something just very low alcohol. And then if anybody brought anything to share, you'd crack open that two-year-old Ryeway that we Love you, Shalanda. Saving. <laughs> Brandon left his post. I don't know what's going on. Brandon left his post. Anyways, uh, I, I do want to thank uh, John. Uh, thank you for joining us, and thank you for dealing with the technical di- difficulties. I look forward to the time where uh, we can be face-to-face, and the show actually runs a little bit smoother. But with my smooth editing techniques, everyone will think, what is he talking about? What does he mean there was all these hiccups and uh, uh, things that slowed the show down? Uh, Shalanda, you're never invited ever again. Uh, yes, I am. Thank you, thank you Brandon, no, and fine. thank you, Clark. Forget you, Tony. Anytime. Uh, See, who, loves, who doesn't love John? Come replace actually, my before, track. Before you take off, John, replace I, my track with there's, a there's something you're working at right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a little bit of a delay between what we're talking <laughs> about here. <laughs> we'll replace your track if you want, but I, I did want to. Uh, no, 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 replace my track with the song "Big Country" by Big Country, but repeating for the entire episode. That's a brilliant idea, except. You were a great mm-hmm. guest. But I also, uh, just real quick, I wanted you to talk about the pizza thing that you're doing, if you don't mind. Oh, sure. Because I think it's really cool, and uh, I love pizza, and so does Brandon. And I don't care what Clark likes. If you can just want to throw it out there real quick. John is the pizza guru, plain and simple. I need to get a shirt made up and send it to him and have it pizza guru. That's great, Sean. I want John to talk about the pizza <laughs> thing now. 
You know what? Get you Tony. That's why I'm, I'm going to open a double barrel and then send a picture and like, oh, but you were here. Not. <laughs> totally would do it. All right, John, lay it on us. Yes. So I run, uh, you know, the world being a, a general garbage fire. <laughs> Uh, they don't have time to police your your bootleg alley speakeasy pizza places. So what I do is once a month I put out pizzas, um, you know, that I make in my own kitchen. Uh, we're called Crust Fund Pizza, and every month it's a different socially conscious nonprofit based in Chicago, working for people in Chicago. Uh, and I will make you a sausage, a pepperoni, whatever. It's good damn pizza, but the point so is that wait, you give money. Did, to did you did you say people bid on the so pizza? You give me money, or you give me a lot of money if you bid on the last pizza, and then I meet you in my alley with a pizza, and it's like a little bit like a pre like Law and Order Special Victims Unit kind of thing, like where you know it's like, oh, do I need to go in this alley? But it's like, yes, you do, uh, and it's all socially conscious, very cool people uh, because. Let's be honest. That is very Our Chicago. government, our like leaders it. have abandoned the cause <laughs> of equal justice, of um, opportunity for all Americans. So, like, fuck, if some idiot making pizza has to tell you to do the right thing, then I'm going to do that for as long as it takes. I want a pizza. So the first, uh, the first however many people, I make a few different every month. Uh, they just have to be the first to DM me and say, I want a pizza. And then I say, all right. But the last one is spectacular Chicago corruption where the the highest bid gets it. So we see bidding wars and then the, the person who will offer the most money by eight o'clock gets the pizza and their choice of pickup time. Just want to thank you guys both for being on uh, today. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Uh, it was the first time that we've done a full episode where it was more than just me, Brandon and Clark like this. So thank you for your patience, John. Thank you for coming on and talking about the beers and also giving the samples, which was. Uh, but John, can you turn on your mic, Brandon? Uh, John, can you tell people how they, uh, well, if you're interested, how people might be able to find you on social media? Sure. First of all, company man, Follow Revolution Brewing at Rev Brew Chicago on all the major channels. Yes. Uh, go to www.revbrew.com. If you are interested in me being a pizza idiot, follow me on Instagram at Nachos and Lager. And again, due to technical difficulties, the recording had kind of cut out at this point. So on behalf of myself, Brandon, and Clark, thank you to John Carruthers from Revolution and Afro Beer Chick, ABC, Shalanda White, uh, for being on the show to discuss these beers. And we look forward to discussing the future Deepwood beers with you guys, uh, minus the technical difficulties. Thank you, everyone, for listening to The Malting Hour. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.